Welcome to Vicious Talk with Benny P. It's been a while since I've been been able to post a podcast. Um, really sorry about that. It's been you know crazy life. You know you know things are busy. Everybody knows how how things are like that. But had some uh, very you know impactful things kind of happening across life recently. You know not only just on the national level with you know the tragic unspeakable occurrences with the mass shootings going around our country. Very tragic stuff, obviously. Don't know um, what more could be said about that stuff, obviously. Just terrible, terrible things. But also, personally, my family, um, my father's cousins, they live here in Arizona. My uh, Their son, he was 32 years old, passed away um, two, about two weeks ago in a car crash uh, in Newport, California, uh, Newport Beach, California. Uh, he was a passenger in a Tesla that had a very, um, very horrific car crash and scary stuff and very sad, just tragic things going on and just constant reminders that we need to be, you know, treating life with the ex- the the knowledge that it is fleeting and it, it's very short. And, um, you know, with Andy, with Andrew Chavez, the uh, he was a lead singer of a rock band named Catastro, and just the, that fact in its own right, the fact that he, and Andy had, you know, the drive and the and the passion, and you know the cojones to you know pursue a passion like you know being a, a lead singer in a rock band that's you know a, a kid's dream, truly, and um, he was living it, so just uh, very inspirational. And wanted to share that off the top of the podcast here. Um, I know it's kind of a heavy note to kick it off, you know, a little bit of a uh, reunion here on Vicious Talk and to kick things off with such a heavy note, um, you know, just it had to be said and um, really just constant reminder to, you know, keep living your best life, be the best version of yourself, pursue your passions to the utmost of your ability. And that's ultimately the theme behind this podcast, you know, if you have been listening from the beginning, I've tried to explain that the word vicious here on the podcast isn't like to be violent or, or to me, to be, you know, uh, with a, with a evil intention, a wicked intention. And that's not, that's not the, what the word vicious here on, on the podcast means to, to, to for the word vicious from, you know, the origins of, you know, Mondo Perez, my, my grandfather, he coined this kind of phrase that the word vicious is just, you know, give it a, give it your best, always try your hardest, leave nothing on the table, look at yourself in the mirror at the end of the day and just tell yourself that, you know, ask yourself, you know, did, did I do my best today? Did I live my life to the best of my abilities? And that's kind of what it means. So it seems like there's been, you know, just a lot of reminders of that theme around us lately and me personally specifically so wanted to share that and i appreciate you all for listening with that being said no easy way to transition into some less important things (laughs) wanted to talk about major league baseball you know the major league baseball season has been underway for about a month and a half now and have some notes written down wanted to share with everybody i got five things five key topics i want to talk about before we get into the main interview of the podcast ben lepper a Holy Cross freshman cancer survivor announced the second round draft pick for the New England Patriots in the last 2022 NFL draft. Just, a, just about a month ago, announced the draft pick, had so much enthusiasm, a great kid, 
had a very fun conversation with Ben. Looking forward to sharing that with everyone. I hope you all enjoy to listen to that. All right. Let's talk about some baseball. Five things. Number one, I want to kick it off with the Los Angeles Angels. Um, you know, my favorite team, obviously, but I think objectively, this is one of the most fun teams, most must-watch teams in baseball today. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that they're built like almost like an NBA super team where they have just superstars that are must-watch television every night when they play. Otani, Trout. You got to watch those guys when they play. Just it's, They're two of the best players in today's sport, and, and that contributes to that you know, must watch TV with the halos, but um, they don't really have a whole lot of depth. And that kind of, unfortunately is an aspect of, you know, another NBA, uh, NBA super team attribute, but they do have some players that are blossoming into um, a really key contribute, some key contributors for this team, particularly Taylor Ward. I want to, I wanted to highlight um, he's cooled off a little bit with some minor injuries the last couple of weeks, but he is really blossoming into almost a superstar this year. At the very least, he looks like he's well on his way to making his first all-star p- appearance in his career. He was a former first round draft pick back in 2015. So he does have that, you know, that, that first round pedigree. Um, and he, but he he made he made his first debut in the big leagues back in 2018. Yet he's never played more than 65 games in a season. Part of that's uh, with in, due to injuries, but a lot of that is also just due to lack of playing time. He didn't really have access to the starting jobs because he just wasn't talented enough. He wasn't better than his uh, his teammates. And this year he obviously is. He has that that starting job locked down when he's healthy in right field. And a lot of that is. He's just, he's clearly made some major adjustments to his hitting approach this season. Obviously, one of the key things he wanted to address during the offseason and what he's accomplished this year is you can't throw a fastball by Taylor Ward this year. He is crushing the fastball. Even with this recent cold streak, Ward has now seen 351 fastballs on the year. He's hitting 388 against them. He has a 716 slugging percentage, a 517 Woba, and five home runs against those 351 fastballs he saw. He's hitting excellent. You know, last year, Ward hit 248 against fastballs. He slugged 467. He had 350 Woba, and he had five home runs all last year against the fastball. He's crushing him. He's also swing, swinging at far fewer pitches outside of the strike zone. His career chase rate is 22.1. It was 25.1 last year. This year, his chase rate is down to 16.9%. Obviously, his career best, easily. The league average, by the way, 28.3. So Ward is well below that mark. His whiff rate is just swing and miss rate on the season this year. It's also at a career low by the mark, by the way, 22.6. So he's been crushing the ball. His barrel percentage is at a career high, 18%. The career average there was 10.5. The league average, 6.7. He has got some very encouraging advanced stats like this. He's among the league leaders in dozens of these types of statistics this year. And he, like I said, well on his way to his first career all-star appearance. Just got to stay healthy. Um, hopefully war keeps it up. Angel- Last thing with the halos that's been pretty encouraging is the young pitching that they've been getting. And you can't talk about angels, young pitching without starting off with Reed Detmers, who has already thrown a no hitter on the season. The only no hitter in baseball this year. He was drafted just back in 2019. He was a 10th overall pick for the halos back then out of Louisville. He threw an excellent gem of a game already this season. He has had some ups and downs, not exactly the most consistent starting pitcher so far in his career, but that's to be expected considering he's so young, um, still, you know, developing that talent, but we've already seen what, when he, things are clicking for a young pitcher like Detmers, what that can look like. And we saw that already last month when he threw that no-hitter. Hopefully Detmers continues to grow, continues con- to contribute to the success of this pitching staff for the Halos. 
Also have to mention Chase Silseth, the first player from the 2021 draft class to get to uh, get to the big leagues, make his debut. Silseth was solid in his first outing through six innings, gave up no earned runs, and uh, he was looking pretty great in that first outing. He was a uh, less less stellar in his second outing, but you know the the fact that we're getting contributions from guys that were drafted just last year, highly highly encouraging stuff for this Angels team, this Angels franchise that has been longing for young pitching talent. Even Jonathan Diaz, a young Venezuelan native, 25 years old, came up with the Red Sox, spent a number of years in their minor league system, now having a little bit of a success um, for the Halos and his abbreviated starts this year as well. So just a lot of things to be encouraged about with the Halos at the moment, and we'll have to see if they keep it going. Remember, there are three wild card teams this season. The Halos currently the beneficiaries of that additional wild card spot. They're ahead of teams like the Rangers, White Sox, Guardians, Red Sox. I think they're two and eight over the last eight over the last ten games. The Halos are so um, sliding a little bit. Can't slide too far. You, there are some really good teams behind them, breathing down their necks. So the Halos got to keep pace with them and uh, try to get out of this little slump that they're in. Second thing I wanted to discuss: the San Diego Padres and Manny Machado. What's their collective ceilings? The Padres currently in second place in the National League Western Division. They're the first wild card team in the National League. They're thirty and twenty overall through their first 50 games. It's felt like this team is actually kind of just treading water near the top of the National League. And that's kind of funny when you say their their record is 30 and 20 and they're the top team in the National League wildcard race. But this team is definitely not at their ceiling just yet. They're not hitting the ball well. As a team, they're in the bottom three in barrel rate, hard hit percentage, expected batting average, expected slugging, Expected weighted on base average. This team is not hitting the ball well. They're, they have the fifth fewest home runs in the league right now. They have 37 total. Fernando Tatis Jr. is going to be a much needed addition to this fizzling offense right now. But this team is still having success on the backs of their defense. Go figure. And their pitching. It's been stellar so far. They are second in outs above average on defense. They've allowed the fourth fewest runs in baseball as a team. And they are oppo- the opposing hitters are hitting just 217 against Padres pitching. That's tied for the best, in, best opposing batting average in the league. Their defense and their pitching, it's been stellar. But the offense, like I said, it's, it's lagging behind. And guys like Tatis, Pomerantz, Clevenger, they're going to be much welcomed additions when they come back if they're healthy. It also wouldn't hurt if Trent Grisham and Jake Cronenworth and some of these other good hitters for the Padres start to hit like they really should be. Um, these guys have been kind of struggling. So keep an eye on that. Really, this Padres franchise is aching for some postseason success. A.J. Preller, the current general manager for the Padres, he took over his position back in 2014. And since then, the Padres have made the playoffs just one time. And they lost in 2020 in the NLDS. They got swept by the Cardinals. This team hasn't won a postseason game since 2006. This team, this franchise hasn't won a postseason series since 1998 when they lost in the World Series. This fan base and the franchise of the San Diego Padres is aching for October success, and they need to be playing in the postseason um, because of the fact that they have one of the most exciting players in baseball in, in Fernando Tatis Jr. They also have an MVP caliber player in Machado, and they are too good to have this long of a stretch of failure, truly. And we'll have to see, you know, if this is finally the year that they break through and at least win one one postseason series. It'd be nice if they could win at least a few, a couple. Um, I'm sure Padres fans would, would welcome that. So keep it on the Padres. I think they're a, a wild card team this year. Um, 
with a lot of variability in what, what their ceiling and their floor can possibly be. Okay, number three, I want to talk about Jordan Alvarez and the Houston Astros. Alvarez and his MVP chances in the American League. Alvarez is plus 3,000. That's the seventh or eighth ranked player in the American League odds race currently. That's far too low in my opinion. His slash line, he's hitting 272 with a 367 on base percentage. He's like in 574. His Woba is 402. He's got a 172 runs uh, weighted runs created plus. He's got 14 homers. His expected batting average is 340. His expected slugging, 729. That'd be insane. His expected Woba is 470. That'd be tops in the league. Based on how Jordan's hitting the baseball this year, considering his hard hit percentage, his barrel rate, his exit velocities, the launch angles, he's one of the best hitters in the league. Right now, in my book, I'd probably place him as the third or fourth best hitter in the American League, but depending on who you want to uh, rank between him, Trout, Judge, and Jose Ramirez. Really, right now, in my book, it's those four guys, and that's it. Because of the fact that the Houston Astros are one of the best teams in the American League and the fact that Jordan Alvarez is hitting the baseball as well as he is, I think having guys like Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Rafael Devers, Jose Ramirez, Byron Buxton kind of in the same ballpark um, for MVP odds is just not, not justified. Jordan is hitting better than Vlad Jr. and Rafael Devers and Byron Buxton. And, and Jose Ramirez is on the Guardians who are, they're not going to make the postseason. And the Astros are going to win the AL West. So with Jordan, you know, his Babbitt being as low as it is, suggesting that he will be trending in a more positive direction. Um, and the fact that, you know, Trout and Judge, two of his primary competitors in this MVP race, have extensive injury histories. Um, and nobody really in the sport ever since Babe Ruth has garnered the workload that Shohei Otani has over the last couple of seasons. Um, now, I'm not hoping for it, but it's highly possible Otani, Trout, and the Angels um, suffer some injuries or maybe and or miss the postseason or suffer some sort of setback. Um, and I, that would obviously hurt their MVP chances. So with the Astros seeming like a sure bet for the postseason for that division win, with Alvarez trending towards another season, hitting over 300 possibly with 40-plus homers, 100-plus RBIs. I think his MVP case is an excellent one. Um, and, you know, he's on a, currently on a 46-47 to 47 home run pace if he plays the same number of games as he did last year, 144. So Alvarez at plus 3,000, I wanted to suggest that to uh, any gamblers out there. I think that's an excellent value. Okay, the fourth thing I wanted to talk about, talk about this one quickly, wanted to highlight Johan Duran. And the Minnesota Twins, the exciting, surprising, and the young Minnesota Twins. Duran, their closer now, um, he's a rookie this season. He's gotten, he's pitched in 17 games this year. He's pitched uh, 22.1 innings, 2.42 ERA, a 35 and 4K to walk rate. He's got four saves, four holds, no blown saves. His fastball is absolutely electric. One of the most exciting pitches to watch in baseball. He's thrown 162 of them this year. The average velocity is 100.6 miles per hour. He averages 18.8 inches of total movement thanks to a 98% active spin rate. That's high, very high spin rate, uh, active spin rate, that is. Um, he gets 2.8 inches of horizontal break on his four-seamer, which is uh, 30% more than the league average. Hitters against his fastball are hitting 171. They got a 257 slugging percentage and a 232 Woba against that fastball. Um, Categories that Duran ranks in the top 91 percentile or better in the league. Expected Woba, expected batting average, expected slugging, expected OBP, uh, his K rate, walk rate, whiff rate, expected ERA, and his fastball velocity. All rank in the top 91 percent or better in baseball this season. He is an absolutely absolutely electric pitcher 
um, punctuating Minnesota wins this year. And the Twins are more, one of the most surprising teams in baseball. They're 30 and 23 currently. They're the first uh, ranked team in the AL Central. They're four and a half games over the Chicago White Sox, who were the favorites in the preseason. Heavy favorites, by the way. And Duran has become a part of a, an impressive new young core of Minnesota talent. And it's not really feeling like a fluke anymore. Um, they had they have had success in the early going. It looks like I think they're, they're going to stick around this year. They look pretty, pretty solid. The, the Twins have the fourth youngest offense in baseball. Um, and it's exciting to see that they're blossoming into a, a competitive roster. They were plus 490 to win the division to start the season. Um, they had an 81.5 over-under win total, and they were plus 70, 172 to make the playoffs. It looks like all of those um, are, were excellent preseason bets. Right now, they're plus 125 to win the division, which is still a good value considering the White Sox are the favorites at minus 105. And the White Sox really haven't done anything impressive, and they rank in the bottom 10 in a lot of offensive and defensive and pitching rankings. Um, so the White Sox, I, I don't really have a lot of room for optimism to suggest that. I think that, um, you know, unless the White Sox get healthy and things start clicking pretty quickly, I think the Twins might have their number this year. And uh, they're an exciting team to watch. So I wanted to highlight them. And uh, when you get a chance, check out the Minnesota Twins. Okay, my last point here for the baseball season I want to talk about. I wanted to highlight the actual baseballs this season. This year, Major League Baseball decided they would store every baseball in humidors, something that was really only being done, I think, in Colorado and Arizona, maybe one or two other places, um, places that were known to be more hitter friendly. This year, every ballpark is, is partaking in this practice. And partially because of this, the league-wide BABIP, the batting average on balls in play, has dropped all the way to 288. And if the league were to, if the season were to end today, that mark would be the lowest BABIP since the 1991 and 1992 seasons. It was 285 back then. Um, but also, you know, the the BABIP across the league has been trending this way for a while. And, you know, the humidor can be partially to blame, but it's also the fact that defensive shifting takes away a lot of hits. Also, Pitching is getting better and better. We are, I just got done talking about Johan Duran. These young pitchers come into the league throwing faster than ever, with more movement than ever, with more spin than ever. It's it's more difficult to hit a baseball than it ever has been in the history of the sport, arguably. So I think that also contributes to that trend too. But I think Major League Baseball is well aware of these trends. They understand that base, that hitting is kind of down across the league. And I think that it's, it's a growing it's a growing pain because baseball wants this to happen. The ba- the competition committee led by Theo Epstein in Major League Baseball's front office, Major League Baseball's uh, headquarters, um, they've interviewed thousands of thousands of fans, and they've determined that they found that triples and stolen bases are in fact the most cumulatively exciting plays in baseball. It's kind of a, a difficult concept to grasp because everybody loves seeing the ball go over the fence. They love seeing home runs, but when you look at the benchmark of 30 or more home runs in a season, last year, 40 players hit 30 or more home runs. In 2019, there were 53 players that hit 30 or more home runs. And then going back to 2018, there was 26, 37 in 2017, 36 again in 2016, 19 in 2015. There were just 11 players to hit 30 or more home runs back in 2014 and then 14 in 2013. Major League Baseball doesn't want just any player to be able to hit 30 or more home runs. I don't think that's good for the sport, and they're starting to realize that. I mean, when you look at the steroid era, that's the pinnacle of home runs and what's thought of to be the uh, the glory days of the ball going over the fence and going further than ever. Back in 2001, Bonds hit 73 home runs. And 
that what that year 40 players hit 30 or more homers so essentially what we're saying is we're seeing the same amount of volume of homers as we did during the steroid era and people aren't aren't on peds right now the majority of players obviously i mean i don't know it's impossible but the majority of players almost every player is not on peds yet we're seeing the same amount of home runs and why is that because the fact that players are changing their approaches at the plate pitchers are throwing harder Things are that's just kind of the way the game trended naturally. And now baseball is making concerted efforts to try to address that trend. They're trying to bring it back. They're trying to reel it in. They want players moving. They want bases to be stolen. They want triples to be made. They want outfielders trying to make outfield assists. They want throws. They want movement. They want the game to be active. And that's how you involve fans. That's how you generate more excitement. And that's the the trends that we're seeing. That's why that's why baseballs are being stored in humidors. That's why the left field fence in Camden Yards in Baltimore was moved back. Baltimore was the seventh best hitting ballpark last year based on Major League Baseball's ballpark factor. They were the seventh most hitter-friendly ballpark last year. This year so far, they're the 21st. It's a big drop-off because that left field fence moved back about 20 to 30 feet, I think. And um, in a vacuum, you know, it looks ugly. And you see Aaron Judge hit a ball off the top of the left field fence. And you're like, man, that's a home run last year. That sucks. You know, you don't want that. On its head, in a vacuum, I tend to agree with you. In total, in the long run, I think this is going to be a good injection of excitement and activism and just um better baseball it's going to make for a better product and we're getting to a better place in our sport and when we when we finally when baseball finally finds that homeostasis i think it's going to make for a much more exciting product um a much more exciting sport and i think it's going to be better for the game so keep an eye on how that trends and uh enjoy the rest of the season Okay, so let's get to the interview with Ben Lepper, a freshman from the College of the Holy Cross, my alma mater. He's a leukemia survivor who, through the Make-A-Wish Foundation, presented the Patriots' second-round draft pick in the last NFL draft. An exciting conversation with Ben. Really appreciate him coming on. Enjoyed that. Hope you do as well. I'm going to play a little clip from one of my favorite songs from Catastro to honor um, Andrew and and the band a little bit. Then I'll have a uh, full Catastro song at the very end. Hope you enjoy. Can I see your mind? All right, welcome to Vicious Talk with Benny P. We got a, a very fun, uh, very cool, interesting guest today. Someone who I actually haven't formally met in person, met through uh, the glorious uh, benefits of social media. A, a young college student, freshman at Holy Cross, my alma mater. Um, his name is Ben Lepper. Lepper, right? Is that how you pronounce the last name? Yeah, okay. you, you got it. You got it. Okay, very cool. A little cool. tricky, but you got it. Yeah, bringing Ben on. Very. I thought this was a very interesting. Uh, this was going to be a fun podcast because Ben just uh, did something that was very cool and uh, was a story that I thought would be very interesting to um, you know share on the podcast and directly related to a lot of things that we like to talk about here on on my podcast here, Vicious Talk with Benny P. So appreciate you taking the t- time, Ben. You know, great name too. You know, we got we got that in common. So <laughs> we do, yeah. Right off the bat, thank you for having you me. Know. I appreciate it. <laughs> Um, so Ben, uh, just backstory here, Ben, I, I ended up seeing him on, I, you know, I'm all modern was Holy Cross. I follow the, the Barstow Holy Cross social media page on Instagram and, and they post a, a picture of a young man, you know, announcing the, the New England Patriots pick. 
And I, I mean, I, I only watch, you know, the very beginning or I follow the very beginning of the draft and I, and I kind of just get the results at the end. I don't, I don't follow the process typically year in and year out. Um, and then when I saw your video, cause I, which my, my point being like, I didn't see it live. And so when I saw your video, social media, I was like, very cool. You know, a Holy Cross, um, you know, student, my, my, my old school would be happy to, would be super interested in reaching out to, um, the young man. And, and it sounded like you had a great story. Um, and so I wanted to, you know, talk to here, meet you and, you know, hear more about, you know, how you, you enjoyed or how you experienced the NFL draft and, uh, you know, kind of went, went into it. So thanks, man. Yeah, absolutely. No problem. And again, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Okay. So start from the beginning. So you, you talked about, you know, the, uh, the opportunity to be cut, be part of or announce the pick with the NFL draft stemmed from your make a wish, um, from your battle with leukemia, correct? Yeah, I was diagnosed in 2019, okay. uh, March 15th to be exact. And, and clarify how um, you're doing with, with the leukemia currently just well. off the bat. I'm doing okay. three years in remission, so let's just get that That's out of awesome. the way. Um, I've actually been in remission since uh, April of 2019, but the way they treat leukemia is you get two years of treatment and you deal with it. So that I was, I finished, um, this is, this is 2022 now, right? I keep forgetting. I finished last year. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> Years gone by I know, right? So I Especially in a pandemic, year. you know, it's like oh, they, they, yeah. time, time flies. Uh, no, yeah. awesome to hear that. And so your, your make a wish pick, you know, of anything you could have almost, you know, you, you decided you, you want to do this thing with the Patriots and you announced the pick. What, yeah, we, what's the inspiration behind it? Like, what, are you a massive so, Patriots fan? Like, tell me about it. Well, first of all, I am a huge Pats okay, fan. Awesome. I've, I've, I've been a Pats fan, you know, ever since I was like five years old. You know, I, I grew up with like lanyards and pennants on yeah. my walls of like 2004, 2001, 2003. It's easy to be a Pats fan the, during those times too. All the great yeah. teams. But my dad really loves football. My grandfather loves football. Naturally, I was next in line. Sure. Um, and then so I really got into football. Uh, in like 2018, like right around my junior year of high school, because that's when I was like, oh, yeah, I, I like I'd always watch Did games. You play it but now I'm like, oh, I played a season of flag football. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, Same with me. I played, did, I played one yeah. year at tackle, but before high school. So yeah. I didn't, I didn't even end up playing to play high school, but it's a great sport. No, you don't I, have um, to. You don't even have to be a play. You don't have to play it to just appreciate it. I do. Yeah. So that's my side because I've always enjoyed it. So I've always yeah. wanted to get involved in some way. And uh, so then the whole leukemia diagnosis thing happened. And then actually right around that time was draft season. So it was oh. like late March, early April, I was in the hospital. And one of the channels we got was NFL Network. So that was almost <laughs> constantly on So you on watched in like the room. whole draft? In, like, yeah, okay, I, watched, gotcha. I watched all these all shows. The coverage. I watched all these. The <laughs> you you knew way more about the NFL draft than what you wanted that year. I mean, I'm kind of glad about it, though, because now I haven't stopped enjoying it. Yeah. It's like, you know, that happened. And I was thankfully out of the hospital to enjoy the draft from my own home. Uh, the 2019, you know, the year we drafted a receiver in the first round, everyone freaked out. And then he turned out to be Kill Harry. So, yeah. um, And then the next year, you know, the pandemic hits, but the draft still happens. I'm like, well, it's here for me again. Mm -hmm. You know, I really do enjoy watching this. I enjoy getting involved with it. And it still happens even if my life that was a year that was a weird year apart. too that was, was that one of the oh, yeah. was 
the NBA was the NBA draft before the NFL draft in terms of the you know the pandemic drafts. Which one was first? I really don't remember. remember. Like, I remember like I, the first draft of the I, pandemic. Yeah. It was like all all the candidates were at home on their couches, like doing zooms, and that was the NFL draft. I remember that they were all at home, and I really yeah. like seeing into their houses. You know that that sounds it's, weird. It's kind of intimate really though. Liked, the kind of the vibe you get with their yeah, families. You get to like, like these guys are people. Are they too. family? They're people too. Is there like one or two people around them that like they only care about, yeah. or is it like a big family gathering with like lots of cousins yeah. and like yeah. I've always liked remembering, you know, they're people too. Like we can smack on them all we want if they're bad, but they're like, they're people at the end of the day. That's what I like remembering. Yeah, um, definitely. And then, so obviously I'm at this time, I'm not even thinking about Make-A-Wish because I'm still in the middle of treatment and I'm still like a year out from even deciding. Sure. So then we get to Make-A-Wish. And so the way that works is I was on a call with uh, the local representatives from it and I'm just spitballing ideas out at them and blah, 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 mm. blah, blah. Like I like football. I like traveling. I like this. I like that. And it took like, I'd say a, at least six or seven or eight months. Cause I had a few ideas we wanted to go through mm-hmm. and see if they would even be plausible before I made a decision. A lot of them got shot down, believe it or not. Okay. Uh, they can't even make some things yeah. happen, which it's reasonable, but, and COVID messed I mean, come everything on, up Adam. as well. It's, it's, uh, you, you could blame Roger Goodell. It's okay. It's no, yeah. <laughs> Actually the only time I would have gotten involved with Roger Goodell is what I asked for. Um, and he said, yeah. Okay. So um, so basically in November, I gave them my final offer pretty much at this point. I was like, we're, we're getting really far away from, you know, when I'm eligible for this. We need, we need to make a decision. Yeah. I want to go to the draft. Uh, I want to announce a first rounder. Nope. There's already a kid doing a first rounder. Can I do a second rounder? Yes. So they go and they ask mm. the NFL for that just to approve of that. I don't hear anything about it from November until April. Uh, and then what happens is mid or, or sorry, early April, I get a call uh, and it's like the Patriots want to give you a tour. I'm like, well, I mean, they've, I've done a lot of community outreach work with them throughout my whole treatment. I've met them in the hospital. I went to some of their events. I got, you know, invited to some games. Actually, no, that wasn't, that wasn't even the Patriots. My dad just won a raffle. <laughs> he got good tickets to a game. Hey, um, it's the Patriots. It. Yeah. <laughs> Putnam club seats too. Phenomenal seats. Very cool. If you've never been to a Putnam Club, you, know, you gotta I, find a way to get in there. No, you gotta find a way. It's it's the only way. I, I've only ever been. I, I've only been able to make it out to one Patriots game. Unfortunately, I yeah. I, I, I loved this the the stadium. I just I don't. I'm not. Yeah. I don't. I'm not out there enough to, to to catch enough games. Yeah, no. Putnam Club is a really nice seating area. It's the red seats. Oh, okay. Um. And then so I'm like, well, yeah, I'd like to have a tour of the facilities. Sure. Obviously, it's the Patriots. Yeah. Like. And I'm going in as expecting like, yeah, they'll bring craft out. He usually does these things. They'll need a player. But really, this is just something cool for a day. Um, I did not expect Make-A-Wish to show up. Uh, And then so what they do is I basically just get brought into this waiting room area after doing like two seconds of a tour. And there's like two cameras and a boom mic. And I'm like, well, something's about to happen. And so they bring craft out. By the way, still not suspecting anything Make-A-Wish whatsoever. Um, and then we talk about, you know, he donates to Dana Farber regularly and how am I doing? I'm doing well, blah, blah, blah. Uh, he gave me the trophy room. He asked me about the draft. You'd think that'd be a red flag. <laughs> it was not actually, cause it's topical. So he's like, I heard you like the draft. Who do you think we should get? And I told him my suggestion, which was Devin Lloyd. And they traded down instead of getting him. Yeah. So didn't listen to me, <laughs> but, um, uh, and then it sounded like you need to talk to Bill instead, me. right? Yeah. And then he drops it on me that I'm going to Vegas to announce the pick. And I was like, 
oh, so that's why I'm that's here. That's awesome. Makes sense. Very cool. Um, and then so, so they Kraft, do the rest a, of the tour. A genuinely nice guy then, huh? Genuinely a great okay. guy, yeah. Great guy, cool. you know, really <laughs> had a great conversation with me about, you know, why he purchased the team in the first place. Yeah. And, I, you know, just how much he enjoyed I'm, just – Almost, you could tell he was so passionate. Yeah, I, it's a really interesting story. The whole Patriots, like the whole the the I'm I'm almost through Seth Rick, uh, Wickersham's book. The uh, one with the the base. Uh, it's better to be feared. It's about the Patriots dynasty, basically the relationships between Belichick, Brady, and Kraft, and just kind of oh, how God. that dynasty was played out in the relationships. And it's really spoiler it, alert didn't end well. Yeah, it's really it really it's very interesting stuff though. I mean, like. Really, it, it was a perfect hurricane in the end. It was just, it was just like, it, it was the ultimate, but it was the perfect formula for success that they had for years I mean, there. He, so, one of the things I'll never forget, he told me was he was like, when I bought this team, we were like thirty second yeah. in attendance. They were terrible. And it was people, and he looked at me. It was like it was people like you who support this team no matter what that made me want to buy it. And uh, the rest is history, I guess. Like even talking right there, I was like, this guy saved football <laughs> in the wing. Yeah, totally. Like, they I, were they were gonna move. They threatened. Uh, St. Louis. Yeah, they did. So I mean, it, Kraft really doubled down on on that whole community and like it it. it I feel like the New England the New England community really loves him, but like they could even love him a little, even a little bit more for, for like basically what you know he he's I mean he's, we wouldn't he's have stuck a team. it out with them. You know he he decided he chose that that region of the of the country you know so pretty cool yeah, stuff I, I respect him endlessly for that um all right. so at that point sorry i keep i keep sidetracking you don't even okay worry about it. oh yeah craft goes away he's he's busy um but like the jig is up so now they're literal reporters sure. in the area like trying to okay. get quotes for <laughs> videos and the pat's website so is this going to like a, um, is this like going up on espn maybe like one of those uh, uh no. okay you know what they're, i mean like one actually, of those like make a wish segments in the beginning of like i actually I will talk more about something about that later because that, okay. that plays it. Okay. I'm going to be in one of those, not the subject matter. But there was another Make-A-Wish kid at the draft, if you remember. <laughs> okay. So basically afterwards, Jig is up. They're just taking videos for like Pat's back roll in their videos. And Alex Francisco with the Patriots, who I'm now decent friends with, um, is going to reach out to me later on for an interview. They take me out into the field. You know, they have the whole – Welcome to Gillette Stadium, sponsored by Make-A-Wish so and whatever. Cool. And then they pull up uh, – this this PR lady comes running in with a cell phone. And I'm like, what? And then it's like, I got someone here who wants to talk to you. He's like, oh, someone's on the phone. And it's Mac Jones on FaceTime, of course. <laughs> uh, great guy, wow, by the way. that's like, really cool, man. He didn't have to do that. He was actually in Florida working with the new batch of receivers. Very cool. Um, and so – he was super, like, really nice down there. Yeah, you got a little spoke. bit of inside track on, like, Mac Jones working out with the new receivers in, in Florida. Yeah, no, he was getting worked out <laughs> with Devontae Parker. Very yeah. cool. And uh, he's like, we'll get you a signed jersey. Uh, just thank you so much for the support. Uh, and I was like, no, thank you for talking to me. Right. And I, I coincidentally was wearing the Jones jersey on the day. So cool. good good move on my part. Yeah. But You're- really just a n- nice guy. It's hard not to root for him after talking about that. He's a great guy. Yeah, definitely. So you're a Mac guy then, huh? You, you think he's uh, he's he's going to stick around and be, and be the uh, – I want him to be the guy. I want Brady him to be successor? the guy. If he's, not, if he's not the guy, I understand it's a rough business, but I think he has potential to be the guy. I, I, I agree with you. I, 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 I yeah. lean the same way. He, he, look, he looks he looks <laughs> poised, great, great guy. You know, locker room seems to love him, so – yeah, and I mean, he the, the minute I spoke to him was he was a great sport about it. Really down to earth. Really, just a chill guy to talk to. Honestly, 
Very cool. And the funniest thing is about it, I got the jersey in the mail and I tried to do anything I could to say thank you. Sent him an Instagram DM, unread, probably not checking those very much. <laughs> Sent an email to the Patriots, crickets. <laughs> and then literally, it got to the point, the same PR person was at the draft. So I had her pass on a message for me to back. And I was like, now it'll get to him. So <laughs> that's awesome. Worked out perfectly. I'm sure he knows I'm grateful for the jersey. No, that that's a, that's a stand up gesture, Ben. It says, says a lot about your character. <laughs> I just want to say thank you for all that. So anyways, <laughs> they take me to the locker room afterwards. Uh, nobody gets to go into the locker room. So that was pretty cool. Something that stood out to me about the locker room actually is, believe it or not, like, you know how most of them just have like head plates that are just nailed on? Mm-hmm. They do a digital board. Oh, okay. Really smart. It makes it, makes it easier like to, yeah, player, exactly. Yeah, no, they trade a player away or they cut a player. Mm. They can just take their name away, put someone's name up. Some guys like they to keep their name them. plates, though. I do know that some some like some players will keep yeah. their name plates. Well, I mean, tough toenails to play here. It's <laughs> not what New England's about. They're about winning trophies, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> saw the rest of the facilities, you know, film room, weight room, training room. That's awesome. Someone was getting an ice bath. Wasn't sure who. <laughs> I uh, I looked into the weight room. There were guys working. I wasn't sure who they were, but it was a big guy. I'm going to guess it was a D tackle or O tackle, but I'm really not sure who it was. Uh, we didn't bother them. They were busy. So afterwards, uh, we that was the tour. So awesome. Then I have to go back to school and pretend nothing happened. <laughs> um, and then... I'm I'm literally in social ethics class, right? Yeah. And five minutes out, and I'm getting starting to get pinged on my watch, and I'm like, "Oh, they posted the video. They posted something." Because <laughs> people are pinging me right now. I'm yeah. like, "Oh no 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 no." I get out of class finally because I knew they posted the video, and I'm like, "Wow, they posted the video!" And I'm start my phone's starting to melt. <laughs> so the, the words out. I'm going to Vegas. Um, I'm literally trudging through the next week of school somehow. Did you welcome? Did you welcome uh, the little instant, a little glimpse of fame that you had there? <laughs> I, it only got bigger. Yeah. actually, I was I was the guy for a solid week, and I still am the guy essentially. Cool. I'm going to be the guy for a while. That's yeah. awesome. So gets you, you know, gets, your, uh, gets you in the parties around campus and stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, for real. I, I haven't gotten turned down from anywhere. Very cool. Recently, very cool. Although I well deserved. I've been too tired to too tired to even think about going out recently. Yeah. But I mean, they know. Well, everyone knows who I am. That's at this awesome. Point. So I'm, you know, the, then the weeks are leading up to it. I'm getting my classwork done. Um, I get excused from my classes, thankfully, because they're like, "Well, this is not going to happen to him ever again." So we better let him not go to class that day. Um, I fly out. We'll add a on, bonus. Fly out on the um, was it the twenty sixth? No, it was the twenty seventh. Is when I flew out the day before first round. Um, and then we get into Las Vegas, me and my dad. And it's your first time you know, there. We, first time ever. Uh, immediately, it's way hotter, but it's also <laughs> actually kind of pleasant because it's you know it's a dry heat. Yep which I will take any day over humidity. Yeah, I'm in, Ari- I'm um, in Arizona now, so I'll, yeah. I'll take it over the, the coldness of New England, to be honest. But <laughs> Way better than humidity. Definitely. And I just heard the Bruins scored. Let's go. Nice. All right, um, I'm getting I'm getting periodic updates. <laughs> Bruins, game six, we need that one. Yeah. Um, anyway, so I'm we're driving into our hotel, and so we, we get into the lobby, and it's literally a casino. And I'm like, yep. well, I would have expected, you know, a different room but okay mm-hmm. literal just madhouse and then we my dad and i get up to our room and there's 
This is so funny. There is like a 55 year old woman passed out drunk, like right no next to our hotel. Way. I'm like, are you serious? The first thing I see when I get here, I, I kind of want to go home at this That's point. That's so like, funny. I'm going to stay in my room for the rest uh, of the night. So. Gr- Granny was appreciating Vegas or, or at least like mother who just like dropped her daughter off at college. Like she, by the way, this wasn't even too late. This was like 10 30, oh, maybe 11. Man. So not good. <laughs> Um, the life choices that lady decides. Yeah. <laughs> so the next day, uh, I end up having an opportunity to go watch an ESPN shoot. This is where I meet Sam Prince, who announced the Giants' first rounder. Great kid. You'll remember him from being just absolutely energetic when they announced the Thibodeau pick. Great kid. And uh, we really awesome. bonded over that three-day span. Like That's very cool. He, he's, he's like another version of me. It's great. Somehow even more energetic than I am. Uh, and it's crazy, too, because he had a heart transplant. Wow. So, like, you could tell it's transplants work. you just seeing that kid so full of life and energetic, just a great kid. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and so we, we go to an ESPN shoot. You know, they're, they're doing, doing it live. You know, Ryan Clark and Michael Spears and Dan Orlovsky and Keyshawn Vaughn are all talking about. They're spewing hot takes all over the place. Uh, they go on commercial. I do have a conversation with Clark and uh, Orlovsky, both of which pretty solid guys. Uh, Travis Kelsey just shows up, so I get to meet <laughs> him too. Very cool. Uh, who is – he believes in Mac as well. I can't confirm. Nice. He thinks Mac can play. Nice. So there, he's got that seal of approval. Um, and also, this is where I'm talking about ESPN's My Wish series because they're following Sam around because Sam had been waiting mm. since 2020. So they have been following him around this whole time, and uh, he's going to get on their show over the summer. I'm cool with that, actually, because I'd rather not have a camera follow me around 24-7. Right. So, like, this kid couldn't say anything and not have it recorded. Meanwhile, (laughs) and I will be in the documentary. I will will have a supporting role at some point. I'm I'm in there. Cool. Keep an eye out. That's that's all cool. Um, I believe. They might cut me out. I don't know. So, Sam and I speak with ESPN. We get some photos in front of the Bellagio. uh, And then he goes to the red carpet. Um, I don't know why I didn't get invited to that, but okay. <laughs> um, I head back to the hotel. And then that's when, you know, the news requests start flooding in. So now I've got interviews with this channel and this channel and this channel. Oh. Locally. I, um, get that. And then I go to the first round. Um, so it, the draft, by the way, the whole experience took up like an entire parking lot, but they put up like, you know, water refill stations and merchandise stores and, you know, you could run a forty. I I came in at around a six second. Not great. Um, <laughs> you can you could pass, do an aim challenge vertical, uh, like a three cone drill almost. There's one thing where you could like <laughs> hold in a punt and then ran back a little Very bit. Very cool. Which I also failed miserably at. <laughs> um, and then the theater itself is just a constructed theater. A lot of air in there, by the way, so it's not hot at all. Uh, there's a stage, and then there's an area in the front which is for like invited fans of the team. Mm-hmm. And then on the wings, there's just seating for like VIPs, which myself included in there. So we get in, you know, all the prospects are filing in, blah, blah, blah. Commissioner Goodell, I actually meet him for like two seconds before the next day. I think I scared him a little bit, but <laughs> it's all well. Um, What'd you say to him? By the way, I just said, Commissioner Goodell, great to meet you. I'm due to pick tomorrow. And he's like, oh, yeah, you ready? I'm like, I hope so. It's like, all right, man, good to meet you. And he had to, he had to move quick. Okay. You could tell he was caught off guard, but he handled it really well. <laughs> nice. Okay. And also, by the way, 
there was a lot. There was just a large open area behind the theater. Hundred thousand people there. Hundred thousand people really? were watching. Yeah, a lot of people in there. Just not even in the theater, but the, watching. It's from crazy the, back. The, the types of crowd that the NFL draws just across. Oh, everything. they drew, they drew like, the biggest crowd ever seen. It's, it's every. It, um, so they, they get moving, going with the first round. Goodell gets booed mercilessly. I'm doing the booing as well. You know, it's <laughs> phenomenal. It's Goodell. Sam gets called up for the fifth pick. Uh, he kills it. They bring him back on stage for an interview. Um, one thing they all do before the round starts is they ask every team fan base to see who's the loudest. Um, and you can barely hear the Cowboy fans because they're all getting booed so much. <laughs> and it's really quite funny. And um, they have Michael Irvin and some NFL Network hosts the first day. They interviewed Mike on stage. Not Mike, excuse me. Sam on stage afterwards. Kid killed it. He killed it. That's awesome. Um, and then, you know, obviously Sam got to meet some prospects. Uh, I was not as lucky. I was day two. They were all gone by then. <laughs> You did get to like walk um, around the back he, and talk to any of the, the guys he, that were attending. He did get to walk around the back. Okay. I'm not sure he was talking to any prospects because I'm pretty sure they were all nervous. But he did get to go backstage and everything. And uh, then he comes back out, watch the rest of the first. We watch all the trades happen. Here's the thing I don't like about the drafts. Two things I don't like about it in person. Number one, they don't play the little sound. Oh, they don't play. The, you know, the yeah, they don't, they don't play, play it. it. That, yeah, that's a, that's, that's a, a miss. Thing. That's a miss. They got that's a good sound. They got to play. It's it. iconic. You know what else is a miss? They don't announce trade returns. Oh. So when AJ Brown got dealt, uh, all they said was Philadelphia has traded the pick. The Titans are on. So the you got like figured out on your phone, like scrambling. I had to look it up, and my phone was dead, by the way. So I didn't realize until I got it plugged in for a few minutes. Mm. So if there were two things I could do to improve the draft, it's play the sound, and. Announce trade returns, or like just like just like put out like a, a screen of like the tweets, like like all the key like Adam Schefter. Maybe not the tweets, but like put up uh, like, a put up like a, a graphic or whatever. Yeah, because that that was a missed opportunity in my opinion. But anyways, first round happens. Uh, we trade back. Go us, I guess. Um, <laughs> so what do you think of the Cole Strange we, pick? It's classic Bill. Classic Bill. It's cla- no. My dad was telling me they're going to draft a guy I never heard of. Don't get excited. Look what they did. I think the more that I think about the Cole Strange pick, the more I'm experiencing Stockholm syndrome and enjoying it. Because here's the thing. That's a position of me. He's a scheme fit. He's a guy nobody's heard of. He's either an all pro or a bust. No in between. <laughs> all pro or a bust. He's probably going to be like a 10-year starter. But I, I think this would actually might have been good for him because now he has things to prove to people. Sure. And if, he can, if he's going to be working that much harder just because, you know, he got – overdrafted and wants to prove everyone wrong i think this could have been a sneaky good pick it, do i think it's as good of a pick as taking devin lloyd no but it, what i will say it, is it, i think it's solid yeah i mean bill clearly got its guy but really ultimately like he he didn't get the best value for the pick like he could have traded he back to get the best value he got his guy he got his guy what i will say is they could have they could have traded into an early round day two pick and have gotten that yeah but they could have got Devin Lloyd, then traded out way. They had two thirds. They could have traded away one of their thirds and a second to move up to like, I don't know, 38 and get Cole Strange. Yeah. So that's what's done is done. I think it was All right. a Bill Belichick pick. So day one we're, we're, is in the books. Okay. It's, did you? Day one's in the books. All right. So we get to day two. What's the what's the lead up to the draft? Like, are, are you. The lead up to the draft what, is I am. What are you doing there? I have. I, my voice is a little raspy okay. because I was yelling so much the night before, <laughs> especially when our pick happened because I was so mad. 
So you're just drinking like hot also, tea and, and Gatorade no, and just like soothing I, them. I just was resting my voice as well. <laughs> and also, funny story, when Devin Lloyd got drafted, I literally had a, a can of Aquafina. They sell those. <laughs> can of water, okay. empty. They announced Devin Lloyd. I crushed the can on the chair in front of me like three times. <laughs> that was the guy. Anyways, that was my guy. Anyways, um, so day two lead up is just I'm trying not to lose my mind. It comes around 2 p.m. their time when I'm getting really, 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 really nervous. Like, you know, nausea level, sweaty. Most people nerves. most people you've ever been in front of, like – by, by far, correct? In terms of just yeah, like... A, most people have ever been in front of. Not just that, but like considering the TV audience, yeah, it's like it's millions. over 10 million people oh, yeah. are going to be watching. Sure. This. So like, I don't want to mess this up. And, you, so and, and by the um, way, you, the execution was flawless. It was a great. It was a great. You, I appreciate that. Um, so I get to the area and then what happens is they take me back uh, around pick 40. Um, you know, right after the Vikings guy, you know, did his 90 year speech. Um <laughs> I get taken. They, they, uh, did they start 40. playing the Oscars music like when it starts just dragging on? Like, <laughs> should have done that. The producer ran on stage like, "You need to announce the pick." And he's like, "No." And I'm like, "All right, buddy. <laughs> you never won a Super Bowl." Um, so, anyways, <laughs> I'm at this point. They're taking me back at pick forty. We don't pick until fifty-four allegedly, mm-hmm. but everybody knows they're trading up. Mm-hmm. So it's the it's the presumption backstage. So they're just like, "Let's go backstage." And when they trade up, you'll be ready. Um, they ended up trading up, not as much as I thought they would, but they did trade yeah. up. Um, so they take me back into the green room. And this is really funny because I would just walk into the green room aimlessly without my contact. And I just get these looks like, hi, how are you doing? And I was like, oh, I have a, I have a media pass. It's like, you sure about that? And then the person walks in and she's like, oh, yeah, he's okay to be here. <laughs> um, so I walk around in the green room for a bit with the NFL staff members, see who we can find. Um, Tony Gonzalez. Uh, Tony. Lawrence guys back Very there cool. as well. Big dudes, right? Uh, big guys. Cam Jordan, Eric Armstead are huge. Yeah. Met them as well. Saw some TikTok guys from a distance. Didn't really care about them. <laughs> Saw Chase Claypool from a distance. I'll talk more about him later. Um, and then as I'm leaving the green room to head into yet another green room where I'm going to be waiting, um, Chase Young is trying to get into the green room. <laughs> so he's like, you're going to let the guy in because he's going to kill you otherwise. <laughs> Knee looked fine. Knee looked fine. Don't try blocking that one. <laughs> Don't yeah. try blocking him. So um, I didn't speak to Chase Young because I was too afraid. He seemed to be in a conversation. Yeah. But big guy. Yeah. Big guy. Um, and then so I'm walking, you know, I'm waiting in the green room. In that room is a couple NFL workers who are just watching the draft. Troy Vincent's one of them, you know, Mr. Deflategate. Um also, my dad's with me backstage, so he's like, oh, I know who you are. <laughs> um, Patriots and fans. Then, so here's here's where Chase Claypool comes in. The guy walks in, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and he probably thinks I'm some random guy. Like, how do you get in here? So I look at him. He's like, are you Chase Claypool? And he's like, nah, man. And he leaves. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> and the funniest thing is after I do my pick, he daps me up and I'm like, you sure you're not Chase Claypool? He's like, nah, man, I'm Chase. I'm like, nah, I, I knew, I knew, but like, thank you. All right, Chase. I don't want to talk. I don't want to talk bad about Chase, anyone. Chase but is I trying mean, to front you, front on you, huh? You just, I, yeah, no, I, I don't want to talk bad about anyone on a podcast, but I mean, you can tell he's the guy who lost his team the game by celebrating and let the clock run out. Um, I'm sure he's an okay guy, but I, I, I just, I, yeah, it's what I expected it's an attitude from him. About him. Okay. I was I was hoping to be a little more impressed with him, uh, but I'd say out of all the people, 
I met, he's the only one who's like my image of them did not improve. Okay. It might've even lowered. Interesting. Um, Interesting. Okay. Again, no disrespect. I don't know what I would have done in that situation, but I mean, <laughs> I just, I don't know what to think about him. All right. So, um, how, but he's, he's very talented. How did the pick go? So tell me, did, did you say you're, you're on. So you're, yeah, you're, so you're just like sweating beams. One, you're real nervous. One and more, One more person I do want to talk about. I'm at the height of my nerves. I'm just watching the screen. Like what's going on? Pick 48 is uh, the commanders, right? And then so Santana Moss walks in and he immediately, completely different person. He could tell I'm nervous and he walks to me like, hey man, I'm Santana, how you doing? I'm like, oh, hey, I'm Ben, I'm really nervous. Like, oh dude, don't be nervous. Although I was nervous because I woke up three times last night because I didn't want to get his name wrong. Um, <laughs> and then he showed me the card actually that they use. You know, Sam showed me his card yeah. yesterday. This guy showed me his card now. He had to announce a guy named Fedarian. So I was like, okay, I'm fine. <laughs> if he did Fedarian fine, I'm fine. So Santana Moss, great guy, great guy. Um, so what happens then is it's pick 49, right? And they announce it. And then the you know, Chiefs are about to pick. No. Producer literally sprints into the room and it opens the door like, yo, where's Lawrence? Where's Lawrence guy? And I'm like, hello? I'm, I'm not Lawrence. And like, like, Lawrence was in the green room. And he's like, they just traded. We got to go. And I was like, oh. <laughs> so I get a little uh, clue at their card writing process backstage. They actually have a bunch of blank cards set up. Okay. With like with the blank pick and the, yeah. the draft, the blank select name and then pronunciation guide, uh, if necessary. So they just write in the number of picks, and then the team. Super easy process. Um, so they take me back into the final green room. This is the third green room of Venom, by the way. <laughs> uh, and Goodell's waiting in there, and we shake hands like, "Hey, Goodell, I believe we met yesterday." He's like, "Oh yeah, good to see you again." And I'm like, "I'm really nervous." He's like, "Well, there's no need to be nervous." I'm like. I trust him because he's done this like thousands of times. Sure. There's someone who knows that's not to be nervous. Like, yeah, he enjoys it. Like I was going to take his advice more than anyone. Um, and by the way, he is really nice in person, believe it or not. Okay. So I, I can only say good things about Roger Goodell after so, meeting him in person. So he was, the, the, the real, the real person is a little bit, a little bit more palatable the real, than uh, the public the perception. The real person is not just palatable. He's someone I would, you know, have a conversation with for a while Should, if I could. Okay great guy um it's like he should he could tell i'm nervous he like shows me the card again and reads me through what i'm gonna do he's like it's not hard you're gonna be fine you're gonna do great and then the producer runs in and we're like who we get and I'm just, <laughs> and uh so they hand me it he's like all right so you're gonna read the trade and then you're gonna read the pick and then i'm like okay what we get in return he's like i don't know so maybe that's why they don't do returns <laughs> um so i practice it for goodell and before i practice he's like so that's it. You can put, you can make it your own if you want. And I, I took that as an opportunity to be like, can I say six times Super Bowl champions? Like, yeah, yeah. I know a lot of people you make happy with that. I'm like, no, I also know a lot of people who would not like that, but okay. <laughs> um, so I do the practice and then he gives me the greatest advice I've ever heard, which is uh, after you say six times Super Bowl champions, pause, let it settle. And then we're just <laughs> like, oh, I'm getting booed. And he's like, they may boo, just smile. Did you get more and boos then, than cheers? I got a lot of boos. I got a, I got a ton of booze when I said that. I got I got booed like crazy, and I loved it. Honestly, <laughs> I loved every second. That's funny. So I run out. You know, Lawrence is waiting to go in. I'm like, we got a receiver. Let's go. Go on stage. Lawrence reads his card. I read my cards. Crowd goes crazy. Crowd boos. Crowd cheers. Um, I will never forget those thirty seconds because I was so awesome. All the nerves melted as soon as I saw the card because I was like, I'm about to make this guy's life change. I'm about awesome. to turn him. It's a great way to think about it. I'm about to like, you know, 
welcome him into the NFL in the best way that I can. And I want to start his career off on the right foot. Yeah. I, I believe I might have. It's a good way. You know? This is it's a great way to think about it. And you did an excellent job. Uh, it was yeah. uh, it was uh, really cool to see the, um, uh, uh, you as a representative of like you know New England of Holy Cross yeah. as I, I think I think it was I cool. represented everyone really well. Yeah, you definitely did. I um, it was it was I I sent some signals out when I was on stage. The people who knew what those signals were knew what they were. Um, there's my little message because I couldn't really <laughs> break apart from the script other than that. Yeah. Uh, I got some comments like kids throwing up gang signs. I'm like, mm, those are messages, but okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, no, the entirety of Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and TikTok, like get this kid in the booth right now. Like, thank you. Nice. This nice. This is what I want to do with my life and it's only confirmed it. Yeah. And it also gave me a pretty good audition tape because, and I made some great connections along the way too. Like I met a guy from ESPN who I've connected yeah. with now. Awesome. Three people from the Patriots whose numbers I have and converse with pretty That's frequently. That's what it's all about, for um, sure. I, I think the NFL schedule just got announced, by the way. <laughs> it's past 8 p.m., so it's out at this point. Nice. Um, you know, I met so many people out there, including Sam as well. And uh, ever heard of Scooter Magruder, by the way? I have not. Enlighten okay, so me. he's a fairly large sports content creator who was at the draft. Okay. And so I met him, too. Um, I'm trying to get on his podcast right cool. now. We'll see how it goes. Cool. But I met so many incredible people and I was in my element there. And that's just what made me realize I want to do that this way. for the rest of my life. Yeah, it really I, seems that way. This is what I want to do for the rest of my life. Yeah. So the, the sports, um, the sports broadcasting, um, you know, inspiration, it came from, you know, this experience or is it kind of something that you had bubbling in, this in you? This has been building. And, okay. It's been building. I, it was one of the parts that got me. Who's your favorite you know, broadcaster you ever, you ever. I and Eagle. Iron Eagle, love Iron Eagle. It's a good, it's a good, it's a good, uh, you know, influence for sure. Um, yeah. So I mean, when I was in the hospital, right, I was, you know, I couldn't watch these games with a sound off because I would just be in the hospital. With the help of the broadcasters on the screen, I was able to pretend I wasn't in the hospital for a while. You know, I'm listening to this. I'm in. I'm at the game because of them. It's like not the same without broadcasters. Yeah, they really make an experience and a lot, a lot more pleasant, or it could, it could make it a lot more unpleasant too. So, but in every case, I was just glad, you know, they were helping me without even realizing it, and I found that so powerful. It's so, it, and I'm like, it's the best when they just like soothe you, and, and you're, and when you're at home and you're listening yeah. to the, bro- the sports broadcaster, and they're it's just like the telling best. you a story that just like puts you to sleep, yeah. or just like, like I, I makes you feel like something. I, I forget where I am right now. And it's that, and it's journalists too, doing reports and it's analysts on TV. And it's these content creators on the internet who are not employed by anyone, just do it for fun. They don't know how much they helped me through this whole process because I would spend hours watching games and and, and analysis and all of this. And I'm, I'm like, I found that really powerful to help me. I want to be that person for someone else. That's where the inspiration came from. So the second I got to Holy Cross, I got as involved as I could. I, That's um, the best I'm currently way to do a sports, currently a sure. sports editor for a newspaper. Um, I'm also awesome. a broadcaster on campus for our radio station. I should be awesome. in the booth for most football games next season. All that I can do. Super. I'm the only one with experience, so I'm literally in charge of football next season. That's that's incredible. Um, that, and then that, I couldn't recommend also, that anymore. That's awesome. Yeah, and now I'm you know I'm reaching out to people on LinkedIn. You know, I, there are people who want to hire Holy Cross grads. I haven't gotten a lot of responses because people yeah. are busy, but there's one guy at ESPN who has a son in my grade who I'm reaching out to. There is another guy who I met through 
the head of Yahoo Sports. I met him through, you know, one of my friend's dads or classmates' dads. I'm meeting so many people. There's another, there's a girl here whose father is the head of Fox Sports in Portland, Maine. And I'm making all these connections in my first year, trying to get these informational interviews out of the way. The, the head broadcaster yeah. for the Worcester Red Sox went to my high school and we have a, we should have a meeting scheduled cool. next week working on it. I'm just trying to get as much information as I can about this field. And then when I want to take the jump into internship in the future, get that job, you know, go, go with it. That's, That's how I'm awesome. going to get that done. I, and I've got I, these connections that, it, that I've got these connections with the Patriots that'll fight for me. Mm-hmm. I hope to get these connections that I know to fight for me. I just, I know what I need to do to make this dream of mine a reality. And I've already taken the big first step in getting myself out there. That's awesome. And then one day I'm going to be not only able to help people, but I'm also going to be able to spread the word about the truth behind childhood cancer. That's another big reason why I want to do this. I want, I want this platform. So a people can know it won't stop you, but B people can know it's not the fault in our stars, right? Yeah. It's so much different than that. I need people to know that. Yeah. It's uh, I'll tell you just hearing you and your story and your mindset, uh, truly like at your age where I was, it's interesting to see like you're you're light years ahead of where I was mentally in terms of where I was thinking about with my career and what I wanted to do um, in terms of just like making steps, concrete strides towards it. Um, and you're doing you're doing all the right things there uh, at Holy Cross. And it's it's really uh, it, it's I, I'm happy that it's the right people seem to be getting these opportunities like announcing the 50th pick in the NFL draft and uh, an opportunity to possibly network and work at ESPN or become a sports broadcast. Like those types of opportunities happen to good people like yourself. And I, I appreciate you telling the story, Ben. And it was great to hear, you know, more about uh, your background and hope I'm, I'm looking forward to listening to the rest of your content as you, you know, yeah. start to uh, develop into your own uh, sports media personality for sure. Working as hard as I can at it, for sure. I also do a uh, another podcast with uh, WCHC as well. I I do episodes occasionally yeah. with them, so I've got a lot of opportunities. Shoot me the just... link for that when it comes out. I'll definitely I'll give a listen. All right, man. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, you froze for me for a second. Oh, we sorry. Good? Yeah, we're live. Shoot, yeah, you got me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Shoot me the link for that when you when you when you uh or when it's done the the your WC WCBH. WCHC. WCHC. I, I haven't been out there in so long. I forget all the. I, <laughs> I I know the radio station. I just haven't been out there in a Don't while. What it's yeah, called. exactly. Yeah, I got you. I lived in Boston for a year after Holy Cross, and so I got a little bit of the the Boston and the and the Worcester lifestyle. You know, absolutely. Where it, Worcester's an interesting place to live. Yeah, I wouldn't. Where'd you I wouldn't grow say up? it's great. I grew up just outside of Boston, so cool. I'm local. All right, what city? Uh, Wellesley. Oh, Wellesley. Okay, it's a nice area there, huh? My uh, nice area, yeah. I spent a lot of time in Newton, um, and I lived in Brighton. Newton, yeah, I lived in Brighton. For I have a while. family and friends in Newton. A lot of them. My mom used to work near Brighton, so yeah. Cool. All right, man. Um, before we go, want to give you an opportunity to shout, uh, plug anything you need. Like you, you, you want to let people know your social media handle or anything you got going on. Uh, yeah, sure. On Instagram, it's at BenLepper11. On Twitter, it's at I'm Cloud Cage. A little different, but. Those are my two main ones where you can reach me. Cool. All right, man. Well, good luck to you in your studies. Uh, good luck to you in your broadcast career. Uh, we'll have to get you on like a, your own podcast. You're on. Uh, we're gonna have a uh, a podcast network. Got all things analysis. Hopefully, we'll have to we'll have to bring you back here and we'll we'll yeah. 
will will be will benefit will benefit off the uh, the launch of the Ben Lepper sports media broadcasting <laughs> career. So that'd be great, yeah. man. I'd, I'd appreciate that greatly. All right, man. Well, good luck in your finals this week too. I know I know it's finals week, so I appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, we'll see if they get even moved online because there have been 250 yes. cases in the past three days. Good luck. Days, good so. luck. Avoid that COVID, man. Good. I mean, I had it in February. I'm fine. Yeah. So. Right. I know, man. It's yeah. it's it's brutal out there. Just stay safe. I'll talk to you later. Yes, sir. Right, take care. Talk to you later. Thank you so much. Okay. Thanks again to Ben for joining me for this episode 96 of Vicious Talk with Benny P. Hope you all enjoyed. Uh, you know, tuning back in. It's been a minute since I was able to post a, a podcast. Going to try to get into a better routine. Have plans to be recording a weekly Obi-Wan Kenobi reaction podcast. We're already halfway through the season, um, so it moves quickly. But Nick Barrow and I, my cousin, we're big Star Wars fans, and we have uh, a lot of things we'd like to share on this series and comments that we'd like to make. So be on the lookout for that. Please also don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast Vicious Talk with Benny P on all of your podcast platforms. Appreciate all of your support. Okay, we're going to wrap it up here. Going to play one more song from Catastro, The Way I Feel. It's a summer hit. Hope you all enjoy it, and don't forget to ask yourself at the end of the day, are you vicious? I just want to let you know, your attitude is fucking whack. When I say I love you, though, you don't even say I love you back. Missed calls on the cell phone, it's not like I would keep a track. I ain't trying to run the back, I ain't having none of that. That's just the way I feel. Turned up though. I don't even give a fuck though. Think I had enough, yo. That's just the way I feel. I feel. I feel. That's just the way I feel. I feel. I feel. I feel. I don't care what you say. And that's just the way I feel, I feel.